This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In this world, there are more stories than slang words used by meddling kids. Some are cronk tasty. Some are gronzer. Some are... Ooh, that one's really dirty. I'm not going to say that. But they're all worth zumzubbing. So open your trunch hole wide and listen. Welcome to Brushtown Stories, Episode 19, Since Sliced Bread, Part 1. Senator Thurlow McMenamin was in his well-appointed office going over changes to the new low-cost tooth care initiatives he was presenting to the Health Committee. He was worried that Senator Browbridge was going to demand cuts. It was a petty game of one-upsmanship when it came to entitlement programs, but by the ear tooth, he'd get this legislation passed. There was a knock on the door, and then his assistant, Ellis Bull, entered. Uh, Senator? Ellis asked. Thurlow looked up at him. Bull scowled before he continued. Your sister is here. Thurlow adjusted his glasses and rubbed his chin. Great, he thought. Just what I don't need right now. Show her in, he said. Marissa McMenamin was twelve years his junior, and was the happy accident of his parents' later years. She was the baby of the family and had floated from scheme to scheme after dropping out of Reed College. Last he heard, she was developing an opera based on the former first lady called the Electric Barbara Bush Acid Test, and the music was all kitar-based. Thurlow didn't know what a kitar was, but he was sure it was dumb. Marissa was dressed in ripped jeans and a sweater. Her hair pulled back into a ponytail she had on heavy eyeliner that gave her eyes a cat-like appearance. Formal dress today, Thurlow said with a frown. You are the worst, she said. I need a favor. The senator put his hands on the desk and pushed out his chair. During the second generation in the post-founding of New Molar, it was Dormish McMenamin who was forced to lead when Horace went to his self-imposed exile. I'm not here for a history lesson. Low. He hated that nickname. Low. But then again, he didn't like nicknames to begin with. In fact, Thurlow wrote a whole essay to the Washington Post opposing the arbitrary shortening of names. A young boy in Delaware wrote him a letter saying it inspired him. Thurlow had framed the letter. Mostly, people only wrote to their senators to complain, so any sort of positive fan mail was a welcome change. But op-eds and fan mail were not the order of the day. He would not let his little sister derail him. He pushed forward. We are the direct descendants of Jormish. It is in our blood to make societies better to lead. Even women like you have done some great works. Frotz Vita led the raid on Blackfoot. Marianne Boole McMiniman was a nurse during the Civil War. 
bellicose Helena was at the signing of the 23rd Amendment. Yeah, I know, and I'm trying. Really, look, you're always so... this. I voted for you, so really you work for me, if you think about it. I pay your salary. Marissa sat on his desk, which she knew would annoy him. That's not... What do you want? What if I told you I had an amazing investment opportunity, not just for you, but maybe the government itself? I'd say you were a liar, Thurlow replied. She continued undeterred. Do you like knowing what time it is? Do you like eating? What if you could combine them? Introducing the sand watch. The watch that tells you what sandwich you want. Oh, look, it's 3.15. Peanut butter and jelly. Wow. Thurlow was trying to figure out if she was serious. She handed him the watch. Indeed, there was a PB&J in the center. This is absurd. He inspected it. It appeared to be a simple digital watch that also had preloaded images of sandwiches, which it would display with the time. Somehow this foolish juxtaposition was supposed to inform you both chronologically and gustatorially. Marissa hopped to her feet. Listen, I worked on this for a while. We have about ten prototypes out to different places. Some in the hands of very important people. Hands, get it? Watch humor. Anyway, you need to jump on this now, or I'll take on other offers. Take on other offers, Thurlow said. I'm serious, Lo. Other governments. Other societies. You do not want to miss out on the Sandwatch. If, in this whole wide world of ours, there is some fool dumb enough to invest in your little pointless bobble, then I say jump at the opportunity. Even with a little sales-related small talk, Marissa could tell Thurlow wasn't going to invest. She stuffed her hands into her pockets, which she did when she was angry, and headed out into the bitter D.C. winter. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There was a soft powder on the mall as she walked towards the Washington Monument. But before she even got to the reflecting pool, a red limousine pulled up and stopped next to her. The window rolled down and a large woman with a metal plate riveted to half of her face called to Marissa. Are you Marissa McMenamin? The woman asked. Are you a debt collector or a bounty hunter? She replied. No, the woman replied. In that case, yeah, I'm Marissa. The woman smiled. A whirring like that of a motor accompanied her upturned lips. Her eyes seemed to zoom in on Marissa. Please, come with me. The great republic of Bazamia would like to make you an offer. Now, Marissa knew that Bazamia was founded and run by a supervillain, and while business with this pseudo-republic was frowned upon, it wasn't technically illegal. So perhaps out of spite or just disinterest in villainous politics, she hopped into the limo. 
The woman was Ulsa Kilmost, a woman who was rebuilt by Dr. Sonar after a fight against super agent Bill Brill on Moonbase Moo. One of her hands was replaced with a cannon. Her flesh had taken on an almost purplish hue and her veins were visible under her skin. They had an odd black glow to them, but Marissa tried to keep it professional and not stare at Ulsa. Marissa started to ask about why Bazamia wanted to talk with her, but Ulsa cut her off, saying that out in the open they were subject to the many ears of their enemies. So they drove in silence until they arrived at the Bazamian embassy. It was a former mental hospital, and the renowned mad architect, Holiday Roman, had embellished the gothic elements to a perverse degree. Ulsa took Marissa up to a small meeting room. Various chains and spikes decorated the walls. Ulsa gestured to a chair with her cannon arm. Don't worry, Ulsa said. It's not loaded. She laughed. Mirza sat. Suddenly, she was nervous. Maybe this wasn't such a good idea. Look, Mirza said. If this is about my brother or the government and junk, I don't know about that. I barely even know how the government works. Like the three branches, I thought that they were executive vanilla and chocolate. For like a long time. I'm still not sure why only chocolate can declare war. You're funny, Ulsa said. I don't understand jokes myself. That part of my brain was lost. But I was trained to recognize and appreciate humor. In an abstract way, like a bear enjoying a Monet painting. But rest easy. Your brother, your government is of no concern to us. You are what we care about. Oh, that's sweet, Marissa said. Sweet as donkey pie. Ulsa said with a whirring smile. Ulsa pressed a green button on the wall. A small hatch opened, and a person dressed completely in black leather and day-glow blue goggles entered. It knelt before Ulsa and offered up to her a small box. Ulsa took the box and then kicked the person to the floor. It scurried off back into the hatch, which closed behind it. You did create this, yes? Ulsa said, handing the box to Marissa. Marissa opened it and took out one of the Sandwatch prototypes. Hey, my Sandwatch, you caught one. Indeed we did. The Bazamian Republic is very interested in this device and its sandwich-protecting powers. Well, it is the watch that always knows what you want between bread. That's our current slogan. I know it's a little bit long, but we're open to workshopping it. Getting it pithy? Marissa replied. Marketing is not a concern. Elsa replied. Fair. Great. So we're going to need some startup capital. I mean, we made the prototypes, but really to mass produce them. Marissa didn't want to get into the fact that her sandwich company was deeply in debt, or that they had no funding or means, and the office she was working out of was in the back of an erotic biscuit bakery. And by the back, she meant that she ran an extension cord from the bakery to her car to keep her computer running, and that lately she'd been subsisting on day-old, butt-shaped buttermilk biscuits she found in the dumpster. Money as of no concern, Elsa said. Marissa perked up at this. Our dear leader, Unstoppopopolis, would personally like to discuss your sandwich. Cool, cool. So, maybe next Tuesday? When is he in town? Oh, he is never in town. But we would like to offer you an all-expenses-paid trip to Ulanpopolis, the capital of Bazamia, where you shall meet with Unstoppopolis at his lair. That is... I thought Americans can't visit Bazamia. Well, we'll have to transfer you in Moldova, 
And once there, we can issue you a special visa on a visiting diplomat from South Ostestia. It's the same loophole that allowed Johnny Guitar to play Unstoppapapalis' birthday bosh. Okay, that's... We can do that. And by all expenses, are we talking drinks? Yes. Alcoholic drinks? Yes. Top shelf? Yes. Is there a limit? Like, is this a you give me a bunch of drink tickets, but once they're gone, I'm on my own? Or is this like that Gigi Scrumptious black card that gives you infinite macaroni for life? I think you're getting hung up on the details. The devil is in the details. I want all I can drink. Any drink, any time. No bar closes at 11. No, we won't fill up your tub with gin. If I'm in a hot tub of whiskey, you say bourbon or rye. That's my terms. Oh, and donuts. Like eight or nine donuts. Marissa was proud of her tough negotiating stance. She smirked at Ulsa. Ulsa's flesh seemed to ripple with a mauve color for a moment, and her eyes flashed green. She put her can into her chin and considered before saying, You are a tough and true negotiator, but we have a duel. And after two long flights and a layover at a rather boring airport, Marissa found herself on the crater-pocked shores of the Bazamian lava fields. Jagged rocks burst through the earth as patchy yellow grass died in the heat. What few trees were there seemed dead, their branches seemingly reaching toward the skies of asking the gods why they were ever born. Marissa clutched her duffel bag and whispered to herself, I think I really beefed this. Brushtown Stories is a Roy Gold production. It was written by Jonathan Goldberg with music by David Origlieri. Marissa is Annette Hammond. Find out more about the show and cast at podmusical.com. Find out what happens to all your favorite characters on Season 2 of The Fall of the House of Sunshine, coming March 2018. Find out what happens to the character you have a crush on. Yes, we know, it's obvious, but don't worry, we won't tell. On Season 2 of The Fall of the House of Sunshine, coming March 2018. Thanks for listening, and have a suntabulous bicuspid of a day. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.